posizione regolare, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo! La prima volta il bianco And with those lovely notes from Giuseppe Verdi, it is the season premiere of Serie A Sit Down for the 2018-2019 season. World Football Index podcast of Calcio Told Like It Is. This is the preview della Madonnina. Yes, Serie A Sit Down is back for season three. Uh, I'm Frank Crivello. Glad you've clicked on and gotten stuck in with us. Uh, my co-host is always joining us, Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. Uh, it's, uh, how's your summer going? Uh, my summer's been been good. Got to you know hang out with the uh, family. Actually, just came back from a beach and let them swim a little bit and skip some rocks. Played a lot of golf. Uh, uh, swore I wasn't going to watch that, uh, that 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 tournament that went on in Russia, but ended up watching it anyway. Uh, <laughs> So uh, otherwise, pretty good. How about you? How's ba- we're on we're on we're officially on Baby Watch. We were talking, you know, we're kind of doing the uh, goal track with Immobile last season. We're yeah. on Baby Tracker with uh, with you and your wife now. What's the yeah, uh, what's the due date? And what's the latest? Due date is uh, August 29th, but uh, apparently it's going to get here sooner. So uh, anytime it could happen. So uh, hopefully not during the podcast, but uh, yeah, you might have to have a spare host in, in mind uh, for these coming weeks, just in case. Well, we got a couple of guests here that that that, that might uh, well, I shouldn't say might. They will be better than you. Um, <laughs> That's not hard. And, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce them, ladies first. Uh, we have with us the founder of Calcio and Heels. Uh, she's the social media director of Soccer La Duma and Kickoff Magazine, and also a writer for Soccer 360. Uh, we have been trying to get her on this podcast for over a year. We're glad that she's joining us for the preview. We say ciao and benvenuto to Rosella Marai Rico. Ciao, Rosella. Ciao. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for uh, joining us. And you are a uh, you are a uh, Milanisti as well as uh, Richard and myself, right? Yes, I okay, am. Okay, so so this preview is not going to be biased at all, is it? <laughs> glad to, glad to have you, Rosella. Also uh, joining us, uh, I I've lost count how many caps he has with the Serie A sit down. Uh, he is uh, from the Gentleman Ultra, Mark Neal. Ciao, Mark. Ciao. How are you? I'm good. Is that, are we in double digits with you now? We're uh, close. close. I think we're yeah. close, yeah. <laughs> we keep sending them checks and you keep having me back, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> you keep sending the checks and the checks keep bouncing. That's the thing that I'm... <laughs> I'll, I'll speak to the wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, good, 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 good. Uh, please do. Uh, you know, I did it night, and boy, I hate to segue with checks bouncing and all this other stuff and in financial things, but what I do want to do, what I do want to bring attention to, Mark, is uh, it is documented on the Serie I sit down. You are a body supporter, um, yes. and obviously, some very bad news, uh, you know, that might potentially be good news, uh, you know, concerning body and concerning uh, they're having a football club here in the future. Um, but let's before we jump into the Serie A preview, I think that our listeners need to understand, you know, there's a lot more to Serie A than you know, the, the, the top handful of teams. And there's a lot more to Italian football than the top handful of teams. There's a, there's a lot of problems right now um, with Serie B and below. And, uh, you know, Body, uh, you know, went from making a, a playoff push for promotion to having to file bankruptcy, as did Cesena uh, and Reggiana. Serie B only having 19 teams to start the season instead of 22. I mean, it is a real mess uh, beneath the uh, top flight. 
but from your perspective as a body supporter, and I know you're relatively close to a lot of these situations from following body, just kind of give us, you know, where things are at with body and then just your overall take of everything that's happened. Yeah, where we stand with Bari at the minute is obviously um, the Napoli owner, president, De Laurentiis has took over the club. Um, he was one of three people that uh, bidded for the club. But um, obviously um, with him taking over Napoli when they, were in, when they were made bankrupt, he's got a good track record of taking you know, a club, Southern club. I think that's, that's the most important thing for De Laurentiis. There is a little, a little bit of a political agenda with them, but we have a club. Um, we applied, or we, I say Bari applied for a license in Serie C, which was refused because I think it was Monopoly and Fertis Franca, our near neighbours, um, appealed for obvious reasons, self-interest and stuff like that. So we are in Serie D. At the minute, we haven't got any players, but we have a Serie D Cup game on August the 26th, I believe. Um, we the, the stadium, which was a big, big part of Bari actually going bankrupt, has been handed to De Laurentiis, or the sporting rights is the technical term, has been handed to De Laurentiis. So he's basically free to do what he wants. So we have a club. Um, also, Avellino, who are in Serie B as well, they were declared bankrupt and uh, having to start in Serie D as well. And as you say, Serie B next season starting with 19 clubs. Um, a lot of the things have been covered before with Serie A teams with grounds and problems with councils. And we've seen the hassle that Roma have had getting new stadiums. I st the whole thing's a, a big mess. So, yeah, after 110 years of existence, uh, Bari now had to reformed, and uh, away we go on August the 26th. Hopefully, with a squad of players. My the the uh, the one thing that did came up, come up from all this with Del Rentis now owning Bari and Napoli. If the, you know the day come for both of them in Serie A, there was some initial questions about because there are rules that they you know, an, an owner or a group can't own two teams in Serie A, you know, is De Laurentiis immediately looking into trying to work around this? Or is this one of those where he wants to just get body up and running um, and, uh, you know, have them work their way up the ranks here before he starts thinking about that? Initially, he did question that rule. And as things stand, that is still the rule. You cannot own two clubs within Serie A. Um, as things stand, you're talking a minimum of three years before he has to worry about conflict of interest anyway. So, But even if he gets us to Serie B and then sells us on and makes a huge profit, you know, the, the gratitude that fans owe demands yeah. immense. And, uh, I mean, we've seen, the, we, we've seen the scenes. Hopefully, some of these, uh, you know, some of these clubs... Uh, can reform. I'm not sure what the story is with Reggiana. I mean, I'm, I, I saw the, uh, the, uh, the video of the, uh, the old man, the, uh, the Reggiana supporter, um, with the, uh, the flag of the club and just looking at it and, uh, uh, you know, bringing himself to tears. I mean, the impact beyond just the, the impact beyond just the clubs, um, and just, just losing the clubs, the impact to the fans, the impact to the communities, um, you know, uh, Richard, this is, you know, akin to if, uh, you know, you live in the Washington, D.C. area, this would be akin to if, uh, 
you know, some someday DC lost the Washington Redskins or right. or or the Wizards or the Nationals. I mean, that's a this it, it's 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 even it's it's an even bigger deal, uh, you know, to these smaller uh, you know provincial towns, if you will. Absolutely, and it, it means so much to them. I mean, the passion that they have, you know, just trumps what anything that's going on here because you know, they live and breathe this these teams that are you know that they support locally, like Bari, for example. And Mark, you know, like. What are your prospects? What are your hopes of of Bari coming this you know this upcoming season? Let me as far as what you said, right? Like you said, no players right now. So where do they get these players from? They're gonna sign players for free, or like what's gonna go on? Because like you said, the season's coming up, and uh, officially there's no one on your roster. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, that'll be free transfers, and obviously um, probably a few youth players from the Napoli setup will come in and and help out. I think for for this season, that's just trying to get a club up and running and then the progress will probably start from the transfer window onwards to be fair right okay i wonder what kind of money uh is going to bring in into the club i mean he's already got his hands full with napoli and trying to get that program to win a scudetto um you know how fully invested is he going to be in and and as well as the other two um i guess co-owners uh how much are they going to will willing to inject in the club especially being in serie d yeah, Serie D's officially an amateur league anyway, so that shouldn't take too much of his resources this year. Um, Serie C, once they step up, is obviously a professional league, which is another problem that lower league clubs have had and coming from an amateur rank in Serie D, getting promoted to Serie C and again struggling financially. So this is another another issue that needs to be looked at in the long term, you know, for the bigger picture. But this this season, financially, they'll probably just be looking after the stadium. This just sort of fell apart over neglect for the last several years. But player-wise, that won't cost him that much at all. Not for his pockets, anyway. Richard, you can go sign with them. Yeah, hey, all four of us can. All four of us can. We can I make did quite put a, team. a picture up on Twitter with my new football boots the other week, but that was. <laughs> I could come out of retirement. I'd have to get in shape a little bit. I probably got to drop about oh forty pounds to get back down to my my football playing weight. But and come uh, up with the money to get ticket over there. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, hey, uh, you know, I'm reminded that the movie Necessary Roughness from so many years ago, where the college football team that got into that scandal and lost all their players and right, right. had to start over with a bunch of misfits. So, uh, you know, hopefully there's a little bit better quality at body than that. So, um, <laughs> so certainly, uh, you know, so, uh, so, you know, no, appreciate the insight with what's going on. Uh, you know, if, if someone was going to, to, to know and shed some light on what's going on, with some of the teams in the lower divisions and some of the hardships that they're facing with you being a supporter of body. So we appreciate, uh, uh, just a little bit of insight on that. So I appreciate you. Give me a platform. I'll just put a few words out. No, no, no. You're always welcome to come to the city. I sit down and vent, you know that. Um, but let's, uh, let's, before we actually go into the full blown preview, let's just take a quick look back, uh, at this summer as it, nearly uh completes uh we're as of this recording six days away from when uh kievo and juventus kick off the Serie A season uh and speaking of juventus obvious headline grabber and and probably why we might have about three or four more listeners is cristiano ronaldo uh <laughs> joining juventus um you know enough needs to be said richard and i obviously did a podcast on that midsummer uh discussing the uh you know, the ramifications, what it means for Juve, what it means for Serie A. 
you know, on the profile of the league to have a player of Ronaldo's quality uh, in Serie A. Just behind that, we probably can talk about what Milan endured. Uh, you know, the change of ownership, uh, being thrown out of the Europa League and then appealing to get back in the Europa League. Elliot taking over from Yong Hong Lee because Yong Hong Lee couldn't find enough change in his couches um, to, uh, to pay off Elliot management. And thank God he couldn't. Bassoni and Mirabelli are out. Uh, Leonardo and Paolo Baldini are in. And then Leonardo's first order of business is he pulls the mother of all swaps, swapping Leonardo Benucci back to Juventus and getting Mattia Caldara uh, and bringing in Gonzalo Higuain with a loan to buy. Um, so those would probably be the major storylines that happened in Serie A this summer. But I'd like to pick everyone's brain as to setting those aside because there's 18 other teams in this league. What else from the summer got your attention? And Rosella, we'll start with you. Um, well, I definitely think uh, Inter has caught my attention, um, as much as I hate to admit it being the Milanista. But um, they have gone about their business very quietly. And I think they have done incredible work in the transfer window. Uh, this speaks volumes, obviously, for the fact that they're in the Champions League this season. Um, they're bringing in Asamoah, Defray, Nyangolan, Lautaro Martinez, um, we can go on and on, um, but they've brought in real quality players, and I think they should be applauded for what they have done. Um, and if they manage to pull off the Luka Modric signing, which is, you know, we've heard a lot about, and Keita Baldi, two names that could possibly even improve the transfer window even more, um, I think they it would be massive for Serie A to see the likes of Modric in, um, in Italy. So they've done incredible business, and I really think that that has definitely has gone has been overshadowed by the fact that Ronaldo's arrived in Italy and Milan have gone through all these changes and they definitely need to applaud it for the business they have done. Mm-hmm. Definitely, they they actually look like a proper football club after uh, all these years. Uh, Mark, what do you Mark, what do you say about this summer? <laughs> My biggest thing it couldn't be more Italian is the Palmer's story back to back promotions. I think yeah. three consecutive promotions never been achieved before. <laughs> and then lo and behold, well, there's a match fixing allegation <laughs> from a, a, a ridiculous, I mean, the, the tweet was made of the, yeah, the text or the tweet, whatever it was, was made public from Stryker Calio to a couple of his friends saying, don't try too hard. I, think, I can't remember which game it was. And there was loads of smiley emojis and everything. And they get, he gets banned for two years. Palmer gets a five point penalty to start the season with and lo and behold the the, the point penalisation was taken care of that was removed and Kelly was only banned till December so I think how to taint a great story with just one silly text is just couldn't be more more calcio if you if you tried but that is good to see Palmer back in Serie A and uh whether they'll stay or not is another thing. But yeah, that's that story. And obviously what Rosella said about in his business and actually constructing a team rather than a bunch of players. So they're, they're the two picks from the summer. Quick question for you guys. Do you think uh, uh, this current Parma lot, um, Faustino Aspria and Christo uh, uh, Stoichkov and Hernan Crespo at their current age could play for this team? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're probably better than the squad they got, to be fair. 
I, I, I'll go with that. Yeah, it's I, you know, it's I'm happy to see him, but like I th- like I've been saying, I think this is going to be a tough sled. Uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, too good, too fast as far as getting through the uh, through the lower divisions, but we'll see. You never know. Um, Richard, how about you? What uh, what got your attention here over the summer? Man, what didn't get my attention? Um, you know, Rosella hit it spot on with Inter and what they've done this this summer, as well as Roma and Napoli and well, obviously Juventus um and, and milan you could throw in there as well uh and as, as also what mark said too you know with parma that, that whole story there um the the two stories that i took away from this summer uh that it was probably not in the spotlight that, that like the other ones were um first you got you know atalanta again you know losing a bunch of players caldara petania and uh cristante and yet you know uh gasparini has found a way to retool his players with his team with players you never heard of and i'm sure they're going to be just as dangerous as they were last year so uh, I'm looking forward to see what Atalanta can do, especially on the European front again, and with Syria if they can find a way and a nice equilibrium. Because last year we saw, you know, they put they put their money, all their chips in in Europa League, and and Syria suffered until they got eliminated, and then they came back with a vengeance. Um, and the other thing was for me really is Empoli. They did they had their two best strikers in Serie B last year, and they retained them. I thought for sure they were going to lose one or both of those players, and the fact that they kept them is going to be huge because. As we saw with Empoli before when they were in Serie A, their problem was scoring goals. And the fact they kept their two best strikers, the two best strikers in Serie B really, um, on their team, that's going to bode well for them in their bid to try to stay up in Serie A next year. Didn't, uh, I thought Donnarumma went back to Brescia though, didn't he? Did he? Well, I missed that. Well, so much for that. (laughs) You got that baby brain going on. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use that excuse for the rest of the year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a fun season with you. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm going to go with um, you know. Obviously, there was Ronaldo, but you know, there, there, two things. First of all, for me, uh, Carlo Ancelotti back in Serie A uh, and and managing Nap- managing Napoli. I mean, 15 years ago, uh, you know, before Aurelio De Laurentiis took over Napoli, do you really think that we could have said, hey, 15 years from now they're going to build this club to a point where Carlo Ancelotti is going to come and manage it? You know, after winning. Uh, three Champions Leagues, two with Milan, one with Real Madrid. You know, and he's going to win the he's going to win the uh, the league title as far as the five best leagues in Europe. Um, and then he's going to come home and he's going to manage Napoli. Uh, you you know, fifteen years ago, heck, even five years ago, you couldn't have been able to say that. So good on Napoli to be able to bring him in and es- establish some stability. It might obviously impact the way Napoli actually play, but what you get with Ancelotti, you get a man manager. Uh, you, you, you get a guy who's going to, uh, you know, be appreciated by the players in that dressing room. Not that Maurizio Sarri wasn't, um, but uh, you know, the style of football might shift a little bit. It's hard to sustain that uh, with a managerial change. But uh, for me, uh, you know, seeing him back in Serie A and seeing him back in Napoli, I had dreams that he would come back to Milan, and uh, you know, he would, he would, it would be this homecoming like Chelsea had with Mourinho a few years ago, even though that didn't go particularly well. Um, but following up with that is just the reaction, the immediate reaction to Ronaldo's arrival at Juventus. All of the top clubs work to get their houses in order and strengthen their squads. I mean, you look at, I mean, you go right now, one, you, I mean, you get Juventus there, and we'll talk about them here in a little bit, but two through maybe eight or nine are all really good and have all done something that made them better than they were last season. And it's going to make top four relatively interesting where for a while we were thinking, okay, there's Juve and now there's Inter Napoli and Roma. 
Well, Milan and Lazio will have something to say about that in particular, and to Richard's point, Atalanta. Uh, and now you also have Fiorentina, uh, you know, coming around. Sampdoria made some good moves after losing a couple of players that I still think hurt uh, Sampdoria. Um, and Torino, Andrea Bolotti's still there somehow. And if he can rediscover his form from a couple of seasons ago and with Walter Mazzari in charge, that's an interesting uh, proposition. So what the top half of Serie A has done to all strengthen, I think, is going to make some of these European positions a lot more competitive than people think. Um, and it was uh, it was really good to see uh, that um, there was activity just beyond Ronaldo arriving that I think is going to, as this season unfolds, show Serie A as a quality league and might end up being one of the top leagues, you know, top two or three leagues when you look at the actual quality of football that's put out. Not that it isn't every season anyway, but, uh, but good on them to good on them to do that. So, so those were our thoughts on, on what we got out of the summer. Let's now dive into the meat of it. The 2018, 2019 Serie A season preview. You know, well, let's start at the top. Let's talk about Juventus. Uh, they made it seven in a row last season, spent much of the season behind Napoli until they took over late in the season. Uh, we obviously, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo might only even peel the onion of Juventus's activity. They added Mattia Perin from Genoa, uh, Joao Cancelo from Inter, and Emre Chan on a free from Liverpool. Uh, so easy to think with those additions and significant departures, really only consisting of Gigi Buffon and Gonzalo Higuain. I wouldn't say Licksteiner is really a significant uh, departure, but uh, we, we might have a Swiss fan or two out there, so I'll, I'll mention his name. Um, it's easy to think that Juve are the clear favorites and should make it eight in a row. There's a Netflix documentary, if you hadn't noticed, and they haven't hidden the fact that the old lady has an obsession with winning the Champions League. Let's say Juve do win the title, and let's just ask this question. Mark, we'll start with you. Does Juventus finally win the Champions League? Yes. To be honest, um, obviously, the Ronaldo move and the Benucci move, I think it's just geared up solely. The rest of the squad is more than capable. Them two players were brought in and brought back specifically for the Champions League. Um, you look at the competition around now with Ronaldo leaving Real, will they be good enough to make it four in a row? I'm not too sure. Another transitional year with a change of coach for them as well. Um, Barcelona aren't the Barcelona they once were. And that's a team, again, slowly in transition. Iniesta's leaving. And I know, you know a, a key component to their, their success over the years. I don't think Man City are ready yet. And I don't think PSG are either. I think that's another... Uh, a little bit interest with PSG. They seem to buy all the top players or top players, but can't seem to quite make them a team as we saw last year. So, yeah, I honestly believe that this season is the best chance that Juventus have of winning the Champions League. And with their focus 99% on that, I can see them, yeah, I can see them completing their job, so to speak. Okay. Uh, Richard? They've lost the most Champions League in European Cup finals. Uh, they've won two. It's, let's not act like they've never won it. Um, but they haven't won one since 1996. Uh, do, they, uh, do, they end that, uh, do they end that drought? You know, it's like Mark said, it's, it is a time for them to do it. I mean, you look at Bayern. they got a new manager. What are the chances that he can ride the egos and, and, of that team and, and take them far? 
Uh, you look at Real Madrid, they lost Zidane, and obviously they lost Ronaldo and maybe some other guys. I don't fancy them getting back to the finals. To me, the biggest challengers I would see at this present moment at PSG, I don't think are ready with Tuchel and the rest of their team. They still need a couple years to see what they, you know, if Tuchel can really fine tune the team and get them far. Um, to me, it's Man City and Barcelona really are the teams that they're going to have to worry about. And I like Max Allegri against the two managers there. Not to, not to put anything against them, but Max Allegri, the tactician, if he can overcome, and he's got, you know, Ronaldo, who is one person, one of the few players in the world you don't want to go against. What he's done in the last three years, and you you go against him, he does something else, and he shows you why he's like, I'm gonna carry, you know, I'm gonna get get the victories when I can. So, um, I wasn't at first thinking that Juve were gonna win the Champions League. I thought they were gonna get the Champions League final, uh, but now I I kind of I'm leaning that unfortunately that I think that um unfortunately as a Milanisti, but <laughs> for for Italy, I think Juve are gonna win. I'll just be real quick about this and, and, and just give a pretty obvious take. If they don't do it this season, they may never do it. Um, and, uh, and, and this is early, and I know we only saw you know, games from the weekend, uh, and it's one game, and they play it in the Premier League, uh, but Liverpool looked the part uh, as well. Um, they're going to have something to say about this, and they're a little bit deeper than last time. Manchester City, to your point, Barcelona is going to still have a bit to say about this. And you know, there's something senatorial about Bayern Munich. And a lot of guys that don't want to do things any differently. And if you're a manager, you're basically just in there to uh, be a continuity of what they like to do. Um, you don't have, you know, fresh ideas don't seem to be welcome there is, is kind of the vibe that I get when you talk about Bayern. So I think they, at minimum, make the last four. They'll probably be in the final. But again, if they don't win it this season, they'll, they, they, they may never win it. Um, so, Rosella, uh, is Juve winning the Champions League this season? Uh, I definitely think so. Um, I agree with all of you, um, what you have said. Uh, Juventus have obviously made this a priority. I definitely think that it's evident with the resign, uh, signing of Ronaldo. But in addition, the, the return of Bonucci, I think he'll be instrumental um, in helping Juventus win the Champions League, especially with his ball-playing skills from the back um, and having that leadership that he experienced that he provides to the team. My only concern is obviously having with Buffon having left. Uh, Perrin comes in if he starts. He's not. He's quite injury prone and he hasn't played at such a high level. Chesney, we, we've seen Chesney, um, but he is resoundingly confident. But um, to to see how he can compete at that level consistently um, the whole time will be very interesting. Um, but obviously, then again, that goes back to Bonucci returning and having that strong BBC backline um, together again, obviously with Benasha probably coming in more than Basali. Um, yep. But I definitely think with, with Bonucci and Ronaldo, they, they've made it very clear that that's, that's what they're out for. And given looking at all the other European teams, I definitely think Real Madrid, I don't know if they'll get it a fourth time in a row, especially now with Ronaldo not there and possibly Luka Modric leaving, who knows. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's Juventus's chance this year. Okay, okay. So we uh, we got Mark and, and Rosella on record saying that yes, Richard, are you are you crowning them for the Champions yes. League, or yes. you are? Okay, and I'm. <laughs> I just I... <laughs> you can't do it, can you? <laughs> I'm going to put them in the final. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm going to put them in the final. <laughs> so uh, I. I'll, I'll, you know what? Fine. I'll say yes. Okay. Uh, just because this is a Serie A pod and we want to see the Serie A teams do well. Uh, I, of course, also didn't mention Bonucci in my conversation, not because I forgot. It's because I think he's, I think he's slime. Uh, he, you know, 
you don't come to Milan and talk all this great stuff and you're going to be the captain and lead the, the new Milan forward and all this other stuff and then finish sixth and say, yeah, no, nah, I don't want to be here anymore. That's, to me, that's, to me, that's cowardly. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not complaining about what came back in return. So, uh, but I still want to take my shots at old Leo while I can. So, um, so let's say Juve are overly obsessed with the Champions League so much where Serie A becomes an inconvenience and a distraction. Let's talk about some of these other top teams. And Richard, I'll start with you. Who is best equipped to step in and knock off the old lady after all these years? Ooh, that's going to be a tall task to say that Juve are going to lose. But if they lose... Um, this is if. This is speculation. Correct. If if they lose, who's going to be ready to do it? I think, I mean, Nima, are you listening? Critty Smith, are you listening? Uh, much to what Rosella was talking about earlier... I think that Inter are most primed to do it. Um, Inter have a history of, of choking and folding under pressure, as well as Luciano Spalletti. However, the moves that they've made this summer, they're not just buying players. They're building a team. And I think the team that they're building is a team capable of challenging for a Scudetto. Um, so I think Inter Milan are the team that are most likely to challenge for that. I'm, I'm with you on this. You know, like I said, but, you know, to, to Rosella's point, uh, you know, about the summer of 2018, Inter looked like they're actually being run like a proper football club now. And, uh, you know, the additions that they've made, they're deeper. You know, now they haven't. And, and I mean, the biggest story for Inter and what solidifies them as the closest challengers, they finally got rid of Inter. That means Scudetto, honestly. Well, listen, if I'm the manager of Inter and I've got to have a substitute for Icardi and I turn around and I look and I see an Inter on the bench, yeah, I'm going to keep Icardi in the match. Or you know, or whoever else that, you know, he was going to go in for. I don't, don't understand how he prolonged the career in Serie A and even with the Italian national team. And uh, Lautaro Martinez, speaking of him, uh, what a goal against uh, Atletico in, the, uh, in, that, in that friendly yesterday, huh? Phenomenal. Did you guys, did you guys catch that? They're yeah. yeah. going to be sick. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, and if, you know, to Rosella's point, if you somehow add Luka Modric and Keita Balde to that mix, wow. Uh, you know, this could they, they this this race could be a lot closer than uh, everybody thinks. So I'm on board with Inter. Uh, you know, being the closest challengers uh, to Juventus uh, going into the season. Uh, Rosella, you were very high on Inter's uh, transfer activity. Um, are you uh, just as high of their prospects of being uh, Juve's closest title challenger? Uh, absolutely, yes. I think it's the only other two other options for me would obviously be uh, Inter and Napoli. Um, Napoli. Because of purely because of the fact of Ancelotti being there, he knows how to win titles. He's won a major trophy in every single club that he has coached. Um, so he's he definitely knows what it takes to win the league. Uh, my biggest concern is obviously Napoli is their weakness is their consistency and maintaining that winning mentality. We saw that um, towards the end of last season uh, after having defeated Juventus at the, at the Juventus Stadium or Lions Stadium. One all courtesy of a Koulibaly goal. They collapsed afterwards um, for the remainder of the season. So that that then, if they can fix that, I think definitely um, they could they could potentially challenge. But I'm still definitely favouring Inter above them. Inter's transfer activity has just been too good. Um, they besides after Juventus, I definitely think they are the most complete and balanced team in the league right now. Now, yeah, some of the moves that Inter made, even I mean. Uh, a lot of the talk is about Nyangolan and Lautaro Martinez. I mean, look at that Asimov coming over to, to fill in on the left. Uh, they take care of the Joao Cancelo gap with uh, Sime Versialco, who uh, it can be argued is a better defender than Joao Cancelo. Uh, De Vries coming on, uh, on a free from Lazio. So you have, you know, De Vries, 
Skriniar and Miranda, uh, you know, across that back line. Spalletti could play with all three of them. He could play with two and rotate one in. Uh, there's a lot more flexibility to the Nerazzurri. Uh, Mark, is this unanimous or make a case for Napoli or somebody else? Uh, unanimous. Fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just basically repeating what everybody else said. Their transfer window this year has been too good. Way above... For team building, yeah, that's been second to none. So, yeah, I can't make a case for Napoli. I've still got a controversial view. I've still got concerns about Ancelotti as a coach, considering what I heard or read, not heard, what I read that came out of buying from some of the senior players after he was removed. So, yeah, for me, that's a clean sweep. I think Inter have got the the second-best squad in Serie A at the minute. Mm, uh, definitely. Uh, so, we're... We're unanimous on Inter then. Uh, so I think when we do these uh, top four predictions, we're all going to say Juve won Inter two, uh, you know, a little bit later on. So we're kind of spoiling that surprise. But maybe we'll hold off on, on anything else for everybody uh, at this point. So, um, all right, we talked about the top, the, who we think are maybe firmly in the top two. And then there's always someone that's right for a fall. We've seen some teams fall in the past that maybe we didn't expect. Uh, last season in our preview panel, we thought the Roman sides were going to slip depending whether it was Lazio or Roma. Um, but each came through with impressive seasons, so they held firm. Uh, let's look at last season's table. Uh, you know, who from the top are we looking at to be a disappointment relative to preseason predictions? I'll go first on this. I think it's going to be Roma. I think Roma fall out of the top four. I think they'll finish, but they're not going to fall terribly far. They'll finish fifth, sixth if, it's a to- if they're a total dumpster fire. Um, and here are my reasons. Uh I think despite some of the additions, uh, adjust, you know, Justin Clivert, uh, Javier Pastore, uh, you know, and some of the moves that they, that they made, um, the defense struggled. I mean, Brian Cristante is there in the midfield, but the defending struggled down the stretch, in particular in the Champions League where they gave up a boatload of goals to Liverpool. You know, and re- let's not forget before that miracle at the Olympico, they did give up four, uh, you know, to Barcelona. And they were leaking goals. Uh, in Serie A as well, and when they weren't, it's because of Alisson's heroics. Um, he's gone, uh, and uh, in comes Robin Olsen, who you know had some success at FC Copenhagen, um, had a pretty solid World Cup for Sweden, but he's not Alisson. And uh, I worry about this. I worry about this defense. I don't think that that is short up enough. And if they continue to trot Daniele De Rossi out there, and, and Richard, we've had John Solano on multiple times where he says yeah. Daniele De Rossi is the bane of his existence. You know, he's another, he's the next Roma legend who's going to need to have the toy taken away from him. Well, you keep trotting him out there. He's going to continue to get overrun and it's going to continue to expose Manolas and Fazio. And now they've got Ivan Marcano in there who's 31. So that's how they've reinforced that defense. So if I see a team taking a fall this season, and if I'm just strictly looking at the teams that finished in the top four last season, I think Roma's due to drop. Um, and I think, you know, they're not going to drop terribly far, but I, I, I'm going to go and give the hot take that they don't qualify for the Champions League next season. Um, Rosella, how about you? I'm going for the other side of Rome. <laughs> I'm going with, I'm choosing Lazio uh, purely because of the fact that I don't feel that they have adequately replaced the likes of Stefan de Frey and Felipe Anderson. Stephen Defray, obviously, having scored um, seven goals, seven goals last season, six in Serie A alone. Felipe Anderson um, had an incredible, played an incredible partnership with Chiroi Marbele last season. 
um, contributing to four goals and seven assists. I, I, I just think the exits have just just left a little bit of a gap in the, in Lazio's team. I'm a massive fan of uh, Simone Inzaghi. However, it will be very difficult to maintain the consistency that he has had over the last uh, two or three years. Milinkovic-Savic is obviously great that they've so far managed to keep a hold of him. But if they don't, to replace someone of his caliber at such a short notice will be very concerning. But obviously, we look at what they have done so far. Uh, that's your last year out of the top seven teams in the Serie A table. They conceded the most. Um, so I think with the absence of Defray, I, I don't know. I just, I'm leaning to, to, for them to fall out and possibly land out of the top five. I don't think they'll be, he'll be in the top five anymore. Okay, and that's not a that's definitely not a bad take. We're we're going after the capital teams again. It seems like, uh, <laughs> um, although I like the uh, I, I like the uh, Valon Berisha signing. I love it when uh, a team goes to uh, the go to a European competition, plays somebody, and the guy just hands him his lunch, and then they said, "Well, let's buy him." He won't do that to us anymore. So, because uh, <laughs> that's what Valon Berisha did to these guys uh, in, in the quarterfinals of the Europa League last season. So. Um, uh, Mark, how about you? Who's uh, who's due to slip here? Uh, just based on last, I'm going for Napoli. I don't think they can reproduce what they produced last year. Like I said earlier, I've got there are question marks for me over uh, Ancelotti. Richard, who's got his little fingers in the Bundesliga, will probably. I think it was Ribery who said at the training sessions that Ancelotti was drumming out with just absolute dross. He couldn't keep the players yeah. interested. Yeah. And that, to me, is a big concern. I'm not too sure, and I'll probably get absolutely slaughtered for this, but I'm not too sure whether Ancelotti may have slightly regressed as a coach. Uh, like you said, about five years ago, there was no way a team like Napoli would have got him. Now, I'm not too sure whether it's a reflection of his state or his within the level within the game. So I'm going to, I've got a funny feeling they might, if they do get top four, that will be fourth, but I just cannot see him replicating the season they had last year under Ancelotti. I think the Sari football, not just, but the way they played football suited them players really, really well. And I think Ancelotti is a more conservative, pragmatic coach and I just can't see that set up working. I hope I'm wrong, but that's yeah. For me, I think there's nobody that might have the uh, might have the little fall this season. We're going to get a good account of Ancelotti's Napoli in the first two match weeks. Lazio away, Milan at home uh, to open the season. Uh, welcome back, Carlo. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> they'll, they'll um, win them both three 0 and I'll get absolutely slaughtered on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> When do you not get slaughtered on Twitter, Mark? <laughs> that is true. That is a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you can get slaughtered for telling everybody what a great day it is outside. <laughs> so I'll put, put that apart. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, Richard, how about you? Speaking of guys that get slaughtered on Twitter. <laughs> well played. Um, you guys all make valid points. Um, you know, last year I said that Lazio was right for the fall. And then they, they took me to the house and they had a very, very good season. Um, so I, I agree with everything Rosella was saying, but I'm not going to choose Lazio in this. Um, also with Roma, you know, I don't think much will change with the standings. It will be, there will be a drop, but it won't be like significant, like someone from goes from like third to like 11th or something. It'll be like one or two places maybe. Um, 
Roma, you make some valid points, Frank. Uh, I can see exactly what you're talking about. Their defense and their goalie is really the question mark there. They're going to get their goals. Um, but I still think they're, they're not going to regress too much. I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with Mark with Napoli. And I'm sorry for the Semper Napoli boys. Um, it just, you know, they were, they had a fantastic season with Sari last year. This team, like he said, is built around Sari and how his style of football is. And as much as I love Ancelotti and I love what Napoli are doing, I think there's a big contrast between those two two different systems. And I don't know if the if Ancelotti can change the, that attacking style of football into what he normally does. And he's very pragmatic, like Mark says. And he'll build a team that's good in the tournaments for sure. I'm just not convinced yet. And I think I don't think Napoli going to have a dramatic drop. But compared to what they did last year, they can't. I don't think they can sustain that. I would love to see. That. I would love to be wrong. I love they would, if they won the Scudetto. But I think they'll probably fall from second to third or fourth. And but their point total will be the big difference compared to last year. I think it just there's so many good teams now, and it's going to be hard for them to match what they did last year with these two completely different systems than what they had. So. And if you want to really, I mean, you can talk about those top teams, but if you want to talk about teams that are going to be ripe for a fall on the other side, uh, uh, I'd, I'd worry big time about Kievo and what might get handed down to them in September because the, the, the team might be good enough to stay up. But, uh, you know, considering some of the uh, indiscretions and considering how long this investigation is taking, getting into September, um, they're going to remain in Serie A this season. The whole controversy over inflating values of players um, they got they got into a lot of trouble for it, and now if they're staying in Syria, you know Syria is going to start on schedule. A ruling's not going to come down on them until this till September. Uh, the thought here is that Kiev is going to be losing some points, um, you know, or unless they decide to just hit them with a really really heavy fine. Uh, but uh, that's another one that you can probably look at, and another some other bottom teams that might be uh, headed for a fall. I think Genoa is in trouble. Um, I think they made a couple of somewhat decent additions given that they're Genoa, but I just am reminded of how awful they were when Mattia Perrin was hurt um, at the beginning of 2017. Uh, they nearly got relegated at that time, and I don't see the quality in their team that suggests that they're, you know, they're going to be in a relegation fight, uh, you know, this season. Uh, you know, sad to say, just looking at it from the surface. So, um, speaking of, I've already touched on a couple of those bottom half teams. I've kind of poked fun in the Calcio consultant on World Football Index about how bad the bottom half of Serie A is. Some of these sides are just going to survive relegation by default, but maybe one of these teams can can pop up and, and really ruin somebody else's season and finish in the top half. Uh, I won't go so far to say that they're going to finish in a European place, but you know, for any of these uh, you know bottom half teams, a, a, a top half finish would be a very nice surprise. So Rosella. Take a shot at this. Who from uh, who from some of these uh, bad Serie A teams do you see uh, you know making a push and uh, bothering somebody's season? I'm gonna stick my neck out here and I'm gonna go for Bologna. Okay. <laughs> just just very just because of the fact um, we've seen Inzaghi. I think Inzaghi is obviously returned to Serie A. He'll be very very um, adamant to. Prove, his, prove himself as a coach, uh, particularly, obviously, what happened with Milan. Um, having seen what he did with Venezia, earning back-to-back promotion, uh, well, uh, earning promotion into Serie B, and then, obviously, a playoff um, spot the, the year later, um, he's proven that he can do something. He works very well with the smaller clubs. Um, I'll be very interested to see how he can impact the lights of um, Palacio, Mattia, Destro, Orsolini, you know, that attacking dynamic because he's known to 
hosts separate training sessions where he focuses purely on just scoring goals. And if he can get the likes of Destro and Palacio and also Lini flowing in attack, I think with obviously Zemayili bossing the midfield, I think there could be some, an exciting surprise package. I don't expect them to qualify for the Europa League, but I think they could definitely cause an up, quite a few upsets and possibly get up into the top half of the table. Plenty of attacking options at Pipo's disposal. You mentioned some names. Also, Diego Falcinelli uh, is there, as well as uh, Federico Santander coming over from Copenhagen. And Lukas Skorupski has found a permanent home there in goal. So uh, they move on from Simone Verdi, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, to uh, to your point, there's some players. There's some players here that can uh, uh, you know that could possibly make them a surprise. I I don't see a problem with that take, uh, Rosella. Uh, but not the one I'm going to go for. Uh, Mark, how about you? Uh, Rosella stole my thunder. I was going for Bologna as well. <laughs> but, Sorry. No, no, it's great. Mark. You can agree. It's like. okay. It's okay to agree on Serie A sit down. It's okay. <laughs> like you said, the arrival of Falcinelli and Santander. They've also brought in Mitchell Dykes, uh, a six foot plus left back who can also play at uh, centre half as well from Ajax on a free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like you said, I think Falcinelli under Inzaghi could be something pretty special this year. You know, like you said, like Rosella said, with the separate training things he has, concentrating purely on score and goals. And Falcinelli's had a pretty iffy couple of seasons. I think this could be right place, right time for him. So, yeah, I'm in total agreement. I think Bologna could hit top eight this year for definite. Okay. Okay. Bologna, two for two on Bologna. Uh, Richard, uh, who do you think uh, could make a push and uh, sneak their way into this top 10? You know, uh, these two stole my thunder with picking Bologna. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to, for argument's sake, I'm going to change my answer. Um, I, I don't think, Ud- I, I like what Udinese have at their disposal, the players that they have. It was a, they had a terrible season last year even with all the coaching changes and poor performances. Yes, they lost some players. However, I think there's enough there that they can make a push to make it to mid-table better than they did last year. I don't think they'll, you know, reside in, in relegation obscurity. But, um, yeah, last year I think it was a blip in the radar for the most part. I mean, I l- really like the players they have at their at their team right now. So I think I think Udinese will be the one that will make a charge up. And Bologna. And you, Bologna's, I can't go wrong with Bologna either. So. You took mine with Udinese, by the way. Sonia Misio, if you're listening, you have some believers here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I, I, I like Rolando Mondragora. He had a nice uh, season on loan at Crotone. Uh, obviously, things didn't go as well for Crotone as they had hoped. Um, I'm, I'm, the uh, World Football Index guys has uh, gotten my curiosity about Ignacio Pusetto. Uh, they are really high on him. Uh, and, and you take a look at Udinese's business. It, it, it looks like uh, looks like it's back to the old days under Guidoline. They're doing their scouting in South America again. Uh, Felipe Vizio coming over from uh, Flamengo. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, Juan Musso, the goalkeeper, coming over from Racing Club, where the WFI guys think that he could be a future number one for Argentina. Uh, so, uh, and then Hideter uh, Avest uh, also um, uh, coming over the uh, right back from FC Twente on a free. So uh, they've done some decent business, uh, you know, to make a run, and also uh, getting players back like Thomas Arto, who's a veteran. Um, and uh, Mola Wage uh, uh, coming back from loan from Watford. I don't think he's moved on to another club at the moment. So, uh, you know, he's still sitting there and, uh, you know, had a decent run of games playing for Senegal in the World Cup. So, 
I'm I'm with you. I, I really like Bologna, but uh, but just to be different um, and for once to agree with Richard, I'll go with Udinese uh, as the uh, as the team that uh, that sneaks into the that has the best chance of sneaking into the top ten. But I do really like what Bologna has put together as well. So. Um, so we've talked about some uh, some bad teams. Let's talk about some new teams. Uh, the season promoted teams feature a side that came straight back up in Empoli, as Richard mentioned. Another side in Frosinone, and then the feel-good story for a Serie A historians with Parma making a return to the top flight. Although we might have opined about uh, Aspria, Crespo, and Stoichkov uh, possibly being good enough to play for this team now at their at their advanced age, uh, they're not coming. Um, last season, Spall made it through their first season in Serie A in 50 years and survived. I think they've got a very good chance of surviving again. Who are the new boys, though? Uh, let's focus on them, Mark. Um, you know a little bit about these three teams, so uh, take your shot. Who's uh, Who's got the best chance of staying up? I think Frosinone. I think they've done some really good business over the summer. Um, got Sportiello in, the goalkeeper from Atlanta on loan. Halfordson, the combative midfielder. Uh Chris Digg from Bologna as well. And they've picked up a couple of experienced players, one of them being Molinaro, the right uh, defender from Torino on a free. Yep. So, yeah, they, they, they've mixed some good stuff. They haven't gone all out and spent a load of money. They haven't got a lot of these deals, the loan deals, which, you know, as we all know, will probably become permanent if they stay up. But I do really fancy their chances. Obviously, Empoli haven't changed too much. And like, Richard touched on before, scoring goals was was good for them. But I think on balance, Frosinone have made some good moves in some areas where they needed to from last season. Like I said, they, they did get up via the playoffs, obviously a controversial playoff as well. But yeah, I fancy Frosinone to do well. I don't, I can see him finishing sort of, you know, just out of the, the bottom six, to be fair. And uh, for anybody listening to what, what about the controversial circumstances in their relegation or in their promotion playoff with Palermo, uh, they won the match. Palermo has been, let's just say, whining about it uh, based on some of the stall tactics that Frozenoni did throughout the course of the end of the was it the second leg, Richard or, or I mean I mean Mark one game or was it a one yeah. it was a one off game, wasn't it? And then uh, throwing extra balls on the pitch and yeah, there was things with the ball boys, and then I think there was a, uh, a crowd invasion with about two minutes left and the referee just called the end of the game there. But um, uh, from what I've read, I don't think there'll be anything that'll come out of of it at all. So especially this late of the season, but I think there'll be a decision made next week. They might get a fine or something, which you normally get for not being able to control the crowd. And uh, to be fair, I think they drilled the ball boys really well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you hold on to one ball and then 30 seconds later you throw two on the pitch so. Palermo president Maurizio Zabrini doesn't seem to have any hope of uh, anything where it's going to work out in his favor either so and he's saying that he's feels like he's Palermo. being yeah so nobody yeah. cares anyway <laughs> I do like they did compile a number of veterans this blew up in my face last year when I went for Hellas Verona um, are you not con- so you're not concerned about uh, frequent uh, crap on a cracker visitor Eduardo Goldanaga being part of this mix? <laughs> I'm sure that it, even a broken clock is right twice a day, they say, don't they? So I'm, now I'm confident. I'm very confident. How that guy, how that guy continues to find work with Serie A clubs, I'll never know. He's got to have pictures of presidents in compromising positions or something. 
or so, a very, very good agent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Mark, I'm just jumping in. I'm in agreement with you. I like Frozen on these prospects for survival out of the three. Richard, how about you? Yeah, that's a that's a good shout for sure. Um, you know, you guys kind of burst my bubble with the Alfredo Donnarumma going back to Brescia with Empoli, but you know, I do believe I do believe in this team Empoli, and I, I do believe that they can score goals. And yes, they did, they did lose Donnarumma, but they did pick up Antonio Lagomina from uh, Palermo for nine million. So. Uh, I think this, I think they still have the scoring there. Um, and they still got their main striker there. Their team is for the most part intact. I mean, I I, I like what they what they did last season, and I think they have enough in them that they can they can survive this season. Um, the other two, there's the other two teams um, certainly have a chance for sure. But I, I like Empoli the best as far as the three that are coming in from last year. Okay, so you you are you are dreaming as usual. <laughs> you go for the. You're going for broke with uh, with one of the teams whose prospects might not be the greatest. But, yeah, hey, you never know. Empoli was uh, relegated on the last day, uh, the last time they were up in Serie A. Uh, Rosella, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, promoted teams? Who's got the best shot of staying up? Um, I'm also going to go with Empoli. I just okay. think that they also have main- managed to maintain the bulk of their squad. Um, obviously, coming up this year, they also added a very experienced um, signing in Luca Antonelli. They've still got Manuel Pasquale. So they will obviously both provide a lot of experience in the team, um, which will be crucial in helping them remain um, in Serie A. I think Frosinone, obviously, you guys have mentioned how, how well they've done, but my, my, always, my always biggest concern is the fact that how much will this off-field business and investigating, not that much will probably come out of it, distract them from, from the season at hand. Parma, History is on their obviously they the historical club and they can say history is on their side, but how much will they miss um Kalayo until he returns? Um obviously having banged in thirteen goals last season, I, I don't know how much they will ha- the, how they will handle his suspension until he returns, um as you said in December. So I'm definitely going for Empoli and the fact that they got a South African boy in there, I've I'm <laughs> backing them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So we're split on Frozenone and Empoli, but we all agree that Parma are going to be in some trouble this season, despite all the history. So, Big uh, trouble. Yeah. <laughs> new slash old faces, new places. As is the case with the start of every season, the first match week will be a debut for managers in the hot seats of their respective clubs. As we mentioned, Carlo Ancelotti is back home, sort of, as manager of Napoli. People in Zaghi. Uh, couldn't bring Venezia up to the top flight, but he himself will take over at Bologna from... Roberto Donadoni. Uh, others starting anew uh, are Roberto Di Zerbi, continuing to somehow find work in Serie A. He's now at Sassuolo. Rolando Moran, somehow continuing to find work in Serie A. He's at Piaiari. Uh, and then a uh, new face, Spaniard Julio Velasquez, is the manager at Udinese. And at 36, he is the youngest manager in Serie A. There are players in this league older than Julio Velasquez. Um, but let's ask the panel. Uh, which, uh, based on re- relative to the team they're taking over, uh, who do you expect to have the most success in season one? Since I think um, it's going to be hard for Ancelotti to sustain, um, you know, what Saudi did at Napoli, at least from a points and from a goal scoring standpoint, he's still going to have them finishing in the top four, I think, but not second and not being as close as, uh, you know, a title challenger. Uh, I think that. Um, you know, he probably has the tallest task out of these five teams when you when you measure up to it. And, you know, I'm warming up to some of the comments that Mark had, uh, you know, about him and maybe regressing as a manager. 
Um, I, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, since I, I'm picking Udinese as the team that might surprise and sneak into the top 10, I'm going to give the, uh, the unknown entity a shot. I know what I'm getting out of the other four managers, uh, and I don't know how much movement they're actually going to make with these clubs. So I'm going to say Julio Velasquez does something here at Udinese. Um, you know, he's been given some players where he has a chance, uh, you know, so do, do I think that they're going to, he's going to light the world on fire and, and get them into the Europa League or anything like that? No, but they're not going to be in a relegation fight like they found themselves under Massimo Odo, you know, and then Igor Tudor, you know, coming in and helping them survive. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with uh, Julio Velasquez as the manager that will have the most success with his club relative to where their club was at last year. Uh, Rosella? Um, obviously, backing Bologna again, Pippo Inzaghi, um, as I mentioned previously, I think Bologna will surprise this year. And under Pippo Inzaghi's guidance, I definitely think he could enjoy the most success um, for reasons stated uh, previously as well. OK, Mark? Yeah, obviously, the Inzaghi would be a logical choice. I'm just going to go with uh, De Zerbia, um Sassuolo. I think, you know, they've made some interesting signings. Kevin Prince Boateng, the former Milan player. They've got uh, Di Francesco in. And uh, I think from what I've been reading today, it looks like Manuel Locatelli's going there as well. Yep, I think he is. He is, definitely, which will be a superb sign for them. The boy needs to play regular football and deserve his football's decent style of football. Um, so, yeah, I think Sassuolo could be, uh, be, be interesting. And so I'm going to go with Roberto Di Zerbi. Okay. Okay. Maybe Divizerbi finally finds his feet at a place where he can uh, have some sustained success too. So I think I think he made some improvements at Benevento last year. He did. You know, he had him playing. Admittedly, he was helped in the winter market more than the original manager was in the summer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. They played some good stuff, and I do I understand why he gets a lot of stick because he has been awful. But I think this could be another case of right man, right time, right place. So that means they'll get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sassuolo, and I had mentioned this in my blog, I think Sassuolo is going to be a fun, bad team, uh, especially if uh, I, I, I see them having trouble defensively. Um, I see them conceding goals. But I think if Kuma Babakar can somehow find some form, when you've got players like uh, Kevin Prince-Boateng, Domenico Berardi is, is still there. Uh, and Philip Juricic, if he can find some form, this is a team that might score some goals and trouble some people. Um, you know, so there could be a lot of, uh, you know, 3-2, 4-2, 5-1 kind of losses for them, you know, as the, you know, as the season progresses. So um, a yeah, bad football team, uh, but a fun one to watch for the neutral. So uh, could be one of those. Uh, Richard, now that we've given you examples. <laughs> <laughs> No, so, you know, it's, it was tough for me to make this decision because, you know, I did say Udinese are going to do better than Bologna. I, I, I think both these teams are going to do well this season. So, you know, I, I'm with you, Frank, with Julio Velasquez for sure. Um, I'm going to say both, you know, it's a, I'm going to say tie between Velasquez and people in Zaghi, uh, cause I okay. like what both those squads are doing. Um, both those, both those managers have the chance to be successful this season. Um, if I had to give a slight edge to one or the other, I'd probably go with Velasquez just because I picked Udinese because um, I really like their team. But I really love the moves Bologna made as well. So uh, I think both these managers are going to be here to stay, and hopefully they have long, successful careers with their clubs or wherever they go. Okay. Um, so we've got some varying opinions on that, which is good. Uh, staying on the subject of managers, let's start the sack race. Uh, something we can always count on, especially in Serie A, managers get sacked uh, during the season. 
So, uh, Rosella, we'll start with you. Uh, looking at these 20 teams, uh, who do you think will be the first manager to go? I'm still very much undecided on it, but I definitely think Roberto De Versa from Parma is obviously one of my favorites. However, I'm going to stick my neck out here, and if things do not go Milan's way, I think Atuzo could be in massive risk of being one of the first potentially sacked if things do not go his way. Purely on the fact that obviously we've seen throughout the whole transfer window, there's been a lot of talk that Antonio Conte could be coming in. Um, and I think if if Milan start, they don't produce the results that they that they need, and given the players obviously that they brought in and that they know that they need to qualify for Champions League, they will make a hasty decision and could potentially um, release Catuzo sooner than expected. But uh, I have a feeling Roberto De Versa might edge him out. Mm. Okay, okay. Good. Uh, interesting. Hot take there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm hopeful Gattuso stays the whole season. So. I hope so, too. <laughs> that, that means Milan did well. So, uh, Mark, how about, uh, how about you? Who's, uh, who's at risk of getting the sack first? I think um, uh, Lorenzo Diana at uh, Chievo, you know, first mm. top-flight experience. I think his only other coaching job is at Suda Triol, which... Both sums up. I think they've brought him back in because nobody wanted the job. He played over 300 times for Kievo. That's about time Kievo got relegated, to be fair, because they've been dire, <laughs> dire for a long time. I know there's a way of sustaining, you know, your team in the division, but I think, like you've said, there's been teams that'll stay up by default because the others have been so terrible but I think this is the season where their their bubble bursts so I'm going for Lorenzo Diana at uh, Chievo patching it together when you've got uh, well Emanuele Giacarini there on a free after he's you know from uh, spent the second half of the season there last season but now he's officially a Chievo player Philippe Djordovic um Coming over from Lazio on a free, they're hoping that uh, he can turn the. When was the time when he actually had two good games for Lazio, <laughs> like six years ago or something like that? Probably so, his first two games. His, his first two games, yeah, <laughs> something like that. So, um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, you know th- those are what they're uh, those are what they're relying on uh, over there as far as some. Uh, you know, some new arrivals or at least, uh, at least from as far as official business is concerned. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, and then points penalty on top of it. I could see Kiev ownership, maybe finding a reason to, uh, to send, uh, Deanna packing, uh, just as a scapegoat. So, uh, Richard, where are you going with this? Oh, who am I going to pick? That's a, uh, huh. Huh, that's, that's a hard one for me. No, uh, you know what Rosello was saying earlier what makes complete sense with Gattuso. I mean, if he if he doesn't if, if Milan starts out poorly, he'll be gone very quickly. Uh, but I'm I'm going to be the optimist here and hope that Milan does well, just like you, Frank. I hope we're going to do well this season, so that he'll stay for the whole time. I'm going to go with um, Rolando Maran. He was my guy I chose last year. We were calling for his name at Kievo last year since since Christmas time, and and I was already picking Cagliari as a team that was going to fail. Uh, this season, and then they will go on out and get him, and I'm like that. This assured it for me, and um, I just don't think Rolando Maran has a. He's lost it, I think, as far as managerial aspect goes. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I don't like what Cagliari is doing, and I just don't believe he is the proper manager, not only for that team but for any team in Syria. Um, so I think he'll be the first to go. 
Okay, and I'll finish this off. Uh, I already kind of hinted to a team that I think is going to be in some trouble and going to be in for a fall, and that's Genoa and Davide Balladini. I think that uh, he could be in line to get the uh, to be first to get the sack. That's who I'm going to go with. Um, you know, a couple of interesting uh, pickups, and I see they picked up Andrea Favilli on loan uh, to help up front. They they permanently have Lapadula now. Uh, again, I'm and. and Veterans and Sandro and Domenico Crescito. I'm still reminded of how bad this team was with uh, without uh, Mattia Padding uh, for that spell under Ivan Juric back in early 2017. Uh, and it looks like they're going to try to patch that position with Federico Marchetti, who's now 35, uh, who lost his job to Strokoja at Lazio. And Rosella already pointed out, you know, Lazio are giving up a lot of goals with Strokoja. Why wouldn't you have put Marchetti back in? Well, apparently Marchetti must have been worse. So how is he going to fix the problem at Genoa? They do play a very rigid style that might, where they defend, they, they, they keep you out for long periods of time, but I, I think it's going to be a struggle for them, and I think that uh, Balladini is going to be a fall guy. So that's my call for uh, the uh, first manager to get the sack. Headlines and attention are on the veterans in this upcoming season, but, with the, but the young players are certainly more than capable. Uh, much is made of players like Gianluigi Donnarumma of Milan, Federico Chiesa of Fiorentina, and Sergei Milinkovic-Savic of Lazio. So let's go to the panel uh, and ask the young player uh, that casual fans will be talking about by the end of the season. Rosella, I'm going to start with you on this one. Well, I think, obviously, you've mentioned it. Um, Donnarumma is always one that will be, be mentioned along, the, along those lines. He's 19. He's already been there for three years. So I can't. I don't really think that he'll be a one to watch. He really needs to up his game from last season. We saw him make a lot of bloopers, um, been very inconsistent. Milinkovic, Savic and Kiesa are two exciting talents that I really enjoy watching. But I think be Moise Keane, if he stays in Serie A, um, because obviously he's been linked with uh, a move to Borussia Dortmund. Um, but he's a very highly exciting prodigy. Uh, we uh, we saw what he could produce in front of goal during the ni- under 19 Euro against Portugal earlier this month. Um, so he's very, very exciting. Okay. Um, still at Juventus. I don't see them out anywhere. So, uh, you know, in, in the case of Moise Kane. So, uh, yeah, hope, hopefully if he gets loaned out, he gets loaned out to the Serie A side. He is a talent. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Mark, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to pick a young, I think Richard mentioned his name earlier, Antonio Lagomina, who Empley splashed out nearly 9 million euros on. He's 22 years old. He's played all all his career for Palermo and, uh, like I said, finally made the leap with Empley at Serie A. He played 29 games, Serie B last year, nine goals, four assists. But he's he's your, your modern striker. He's... He's big, a physical presence, but he's got pace and, and his movement is terrific. The spaces he's created, obviously I got to see a lot of Palermo last year and uh, the spaces he creates for other players is, is terrific. He might not set the goal charts alight, but I think you know people watch how he plays and the way Empoli play, which is quite an attacking uh, attack way will suit him perfectly. But yeah, definitely one to watch. That's Antonio Lagomina, who's at Empoli. Okay, Richard. How about you? Give us a give us a young player that we're going to be talking about by this by the end of the season. I'll give you two players. One that the hardcore Syria fans will know, but the casual fan will not. And then the other one who all of Europe will know. Um, the first one, Giovanni Simeone, Cholito. Uh, 
you know, only the hardcore fans really know who he was. Yeah, everyone knows Federico Chiesa, obviously, but um, I think Cholito is going to have an even better season than he did last year. He really burst onto the scene last year with all the goals and his, his work ethic. Um, it really became a fan favorite over, uh, over at Fiorentina. And I think, again, uh, he's going to only get better because at one more year uh, under the belt of Serie A, and he's going to have to really explore and get a lot of goals this year. Um, him and Chiesa up there up front with the whole team they have there, uh, they could do some really nice things over there in Fiorentina. And then obviously the one I think will make a big impact in Europe, and that's Laturo Martinez for Inter. Um, we've already seen glimpses of what he can do. He scored a magical goal the other day. Um, that, that, up front with Icardi and Perisic, that team, Inter, are really becoming something special. And Martinez is going to be very comfortable there with Icardi there and the other Argentine. So uh, look out for those two players this year. Okay. Um, last year, I stayed home with this pick and talked about Frank Kessie. I'm going to stay home again and say Mattia Caldara. Yes, he's 24, so he's just over that age of 23. But young defender, future Italian national team defender, future partnership with Alessio Romagnoli, and now at a club where the lights shine a little brighter. Um, let's see what this guy does. Um, and if uh, you know, and if he makes an impact and if they get an understanding uh, of each other. I mentioned Ignacio Pusetto earlier from Udinese. Uh, he'll be interesting. And then I think um, uh, Patrick Clybert's boy, uh, Justin, uh, the 19-year-old at Roma. Roma's yeah. raving about him. Um you know, certainly looks uh, certainly looks like he's going to be a good player for Roma. It looks like with Di Francesco seems to have some uh, uh, some some nice resources there to play in the wide areas now. When you've got uh, Clivert, you've got Chen Jizun there, Stefan El Shraoui, uh, Diego Perotti still there. So um, I'm certainly eager to see uh, what um, Clivert 2.0 uh, is going to bring to Serie A, and I think that uh, he will make himself an impact. All right, and fi- and uh, you know before we get to our predictions, score goals, get the glory. Last season's Capocannoneri race went down to the wire and was shared between Chiro Immobile of Lazio and Moro Icardi of Inter. Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be everybody's favorite to finish at the top of the Capocannoneri chart. And Richard and I had this conversation <clears throat> in our special pod about what his floor and what his ceiling was. So before we get to who we think might finish other than Cristiano Ronaldo, might win it other than Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. I better get that pronunciation right. Easier than Chal- easier than Chalhanalu, let's say this. Maybe not, not as easy for the ESPN guys, right, Richard? Um, no, they're going to have fun with that. Gosh, I mean, if it's anything like the uh, friendly against Tottenham, that's going to be... Chalalulu was one. Uh, Chalalulu. I was waiting for Chugga Choo Choo uh, at some point. Uh, it was just butchered, just so bad. So, um, but anyway, uh, Rosella, give us for goals for Ronaldo uh, a floor and a ceiling. In other words, what's the fewest he's going to score? What's the most he's going to score? Oof. I think the fewest will be 25. <laughs> okay. And the most will probably be 35. 35. So one short of Big Wayne's record. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm. I, I think I had 20 and then more of like 32 or 33. Richard said 15 for some reason. He's going to get that in penalties, Richard. And he thinks that Wayne's record <laughs> in one guy. I said that was the floor. I said the floor. And I said he get the, I, I said he would get the record, though, the goal scorer. That's what I believe. <laughs> and he thinks that Wayne's record is in jeopardy. Mark, uh, give us a floor for Ronaldo and a ceiling. 
I'm going to go 20 is the floor and the ceiling. I'm going to go 31. Okay. Okay. So only Richard thinks uh, Iguain's record is a single season record. Is it? So, um, so yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it is a glass ceiling. So uh, let's just let's just leave it at that. Uh, the guy does have to play a game in this league. Um, so let's set him aside. Uh, who's the biggest threat to CR7 at the top of the scoring chart? Rosella, we'll start with you. I think Cavdi is always a favorable bet. We've seen how um, how many goals he can score in a season. Obviously, Higuain having already holding the previous um, record in Serie um, and Immobile, but that all depends on the service that Immobile and Higuain get. We've known that Milan can't, don't always deliver um, directly or um, effectively to their, to their strikers up front, so that will be very dependent on that. Um, same with Immobile. Now that the fact that um, Felipe Anderson has, has, has left, I've already touched on the partnership that he had with him um, last season, so that could be in jeopardy. But I definitely think Paolo Diabala will take this one um if it's not Ronaldo, purely because we've seen Ronaldo already take Diabala under his wing during training. Um, last season, Diabala enjoyed his, his best ever campaign in Serie A with 22 goals. Um, he, I think the, the service that he will get um, from the Juventus players and obviously from Ronaldo himself, it's Diabala's for the taking if it's not Ronaldo's. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting, that's a very interesting take. Uh, and yeah, Diabala did have his, his best goal total last season. Uh, in Serie A. Uh, Mark, how about you? Who's the biggest threat to CR7 for the Capocani Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what Rosella said with um, Icardi, with another strike partner up there. It sort of takes takes the duties off him. I'm going for Higuain. I think um, he's yes. exactly <laughs> what Milan have been after since probably Ibrahimovic. 2012, did he leave? He's, you know, and they they can build and they can progress and they always seem to falter at the final third and I think Higuain I, I don't expect him to be asked to do anything other than just score goals, there'll be no dragon bag, there'll be no getting into a defensive shape until Conte arrives obviously then he'll kick his ass but mm-hmm. till t- then I just I think Higuain's the, and thriving under the, the main man canopy, I think he, he done up yeah, there was obviously the penalty miss in his last game for Napoli when they could have gotten the Champions League. But now I'm going for Higuain. I think again that's just the final piece in a in a jigsaw. I'm I'm going to agree with you on this because I think that Higuain is going to score all of the goals that Nikola Kalinic should have scored last season. I mean, you <laughs> consider Chalhanalu, and yeah, people are going to say that's a homer pick, but <clears throat> do your own podcast if you don't like it. That's my answer to those people. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, I'm um, a neutral, and I've seen Higuain. So you know. <laughs> there you go. You're validating my pick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Chalhanalu, Suzo, Bonaventura, uh, you know, Belia from deep lying positions. Ricardo Rodriguez when he finds it convenient to go forward. Um, you know, and you know, Andrea Conti is eventually going to come back. He likes to get. He'll like to get forward and cross. There's going to be a lot of service coming from everywhere. I mean, how there wasn't a striker with at least 15 goals in Serie A for Milan last season was criminal, was absolutely criminal. And I think, to your point, Gonzalo Higuain is this final piece. Um, and he looks determined. He's, he's, he's fit. You know, unless the white and black stripes add 20 pounds, um, he's fit. And, you know, I 
I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with Moro Icardi in that mix, but I'm going to say that Gonzalo Higuain is going to be the uh, closest challenger. And uh, really, really hot take out of out in left field. And Richard, I'll give you your chance to give your your take here shortly. Watch out for Dugan Zapata with Atalanta. Uh, Papu Gomez and Josip Ilicic are still there. Uh, and that's a, you know, those two guys with what they're capable of creating, that's a striker's dream. So, uh, but I'm, I'm with you, Mark. Higuain, chief among them. Uh, but, but Icardi and Dugan Zapata are going to be very interesting to me this season. Uh, Richard? Yeah, no, Zapata is actually a good shout, too. Um, you know, we already seen what Ronaldo, uh, I got to get this name correct, too. Ronaldo and Dybala, how their chemistry has actually blossomed so far this preseason. So that's a good shout with Dybala. Um, Iguain too. We saw he scored a screamer the other night for for Milan for his first goal. So I know he's another person who's going to score. I am going to go with um, Inter and Icardi. Yes, they got more talent, and you would think the goals would be more spread out. But I think he is the focal point of that team. And now that he has even more weapons at his disposal to set him up, um, I think Icardi is primed again to have another big year, if not a bigger year. And so uh, he'll. I think he'll push Ronaldo to. You know, to go as far as he can go, because uh, that's a that's a quality player. Not only a quality striker, Icardi is, but he he's an all around great player. Excellent, excellent shout. Um, so we're pretty we're pretty we're, we're within range of the players that are going to contend. Should Cristiano Ronaldo somehow not get there? All right. Well, we've reached that point. It's prediction time. Uh, and let me remind you, you are being recorded. Uh, so. Uh, pick the team who you think wins the Scudetto, and let's see if anybody's bold here. Um, who finishes in the top four and who your bottom three is going to be. Rosella, you go first. Uh, Juventus for Scudetto champions. Um, and then followed by Inter, Napoli, Milan. And then bottom three would be Parma, Kievo, and Spal. Okay, Parma. Ooh, Spal. You think Spal's going down, huh? Yeah, Dang. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting call. Uh, Mark. Same I'm not, yeah, I've got the same top four as Rosella, Juve, Inter, Napoli, Milan. My bottom three is Parma, Calgary, and Chievo. Okay. Oh, wow, Parma and Chievo, uh, that, that, there's a common one there. You think Calgary goes down? That's certainly not out of the question either. Uh, Richard? Okay. Uh, for Scudetto, uh, I'm going to go Juventus. Uh, top four is much the same. Juventus. Inter, Napoli, Milan. Uh, bottom three, I have Chievo, Cagliari, and Frosinone. Oh. The dreamer. The dreamer. He thinks he's, you did this last year. Who'd you do this last year with? You did this with Benevento last year? Uh, Benevento, Oh, yes. my goodness. dead wrong. Oh, my goodness. Crotone the year before. Yeah, he did. <laughs> hey, they, they survived the year before, though. Yeah, and they did. Yeah, they did. Well, we're boring because that's my top four, too. <laughs> I have Juve winning it. Uh, I will be doing the Calcio Consultant uh, final uh, Serie A predictions. Uh, in my latest update, I actually had Roma fourth with Milan a very close fifth. I'm going to flip them. So it'll be uh, Juve first, uh, Inter second, Napoli third, Milan fourth. And uh, my team's getting relegated. 18th will be Empoli. 19th will be Kievo. I think we all are under the assumption that Kievo is going to be in for some kind of punishment where there's going to be a points deduction. And even without the points deduction, they're going to just flat out stink. Um, and uh, Parma uh, at the foot of the table. So it'll be Empoli, Kievo, Parma uh, at the bottom for me. Um, so those are our predictions. What are yours? Go to at Serie A, sit down on Twitter. 
uh, or Instagram and tell us what you think. Uh, but that will put a bow on the preview della Madonina of Serie Sit down. And uh, it's time for a little social media check and a time for our guests to uh, uh, give a shameless plug. Uh, Rosella, we'll start with you. You're pretty busy this week. Yes, I am. I'm, you can follow me on Twitter at Rosella Marai. And yeah, there I am. I'm living on Twitter all the time. So <laughs> give me a follow, give me a shout and I'm willing to talk football. Excellent. Any uh, any any articles, any pieces that you've got uh, in the works that the listeners can look forward to? Oof, I have a Cristiano Ronaldo piece that's coming out in two weeks' time. Um, and yeah, that's about obviously his move to Juventus. So stay tuned for that. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Mark, what are you up to? Um, just concentrating on Magenta and Ultra stuff. I should have a piece out in a month concerning a provincial team called... Falone, who were uh, taking over and the usual mafia, money laundering type of stuff, who seem to, seem to find. But again, just taking a, the impact on the community and the effects that has when you're the, the only football team within a within an area. So I'm just finishing off some stuff on that. But you can find me at Twitter to abuse me at Mark underscore Neil 70. And I look forward to some interesting conversations. Oh, we're in for a, we're we're in for a fun season. We're in for a ride, I think. Uh, Richard, let's turn it to you. All right, you can find me at r underscore k h a r m a n, and uh, I'm not really writing anything right now. But uh, I've been busy on guesting on different podcasts. Uh, last Thursday, I was on the Kings of Europe podcast. This Wednesday coming up, I'll be on the Yellow Card podcast, and then Thursday, I'll be on the Kings of Europe once again. So uh, I'll look for me there. I'll do, I'll be busy doing podcasts, getting them all in before the baby comes. <laughs> You're right. going to have to scale that back big time. <laughs> so uh, I'm at FTC underscore 21. That's where you can find me on Twitter. Um, the Calcio Consultant, that's my blog on World Football Index. Final predictions uh, for the Serie A season will come out this week. I've given you my top four. I've given you my bottom three. I just got to tell you where the rest of them fill in after that. Uh, so uh, do check that out. Uh, other than that, uh Keep in touch and keep checking for a new podcast. Richard and I will roll out uh, podcasts on a weekly basis, recapping all of the action uh, in Serie A. Um, we want to welcome all new listeners and Cristiano Ronaldo fanboys, um, <laughs> Kevin Morales fanboys too. Let's not forget he's in Serie A now with Fiorentina. Um, and uh, let's also see what uh, what surprises and what interesting nuggets VAR brings for us this season. Uh, hopefully it's a little better run than it was last year so uh but uh, first Ro rosella and and mark uh on behalf of richard uh big big thanks for you guys uh hanging in there with us and doing this preview with us let's uh let's have you both on again at some point thank you so much thank yep. you been a pleasure oh no uh, pleasure as always guys and uh uh, for Richard, I'm Frank. This is Serie A Sit Down from World Football Index. Uh, as always, be sure you're telling your paisans about us. Ciao.